Welcome to Badass Mind and Body. I'm your host, Jesse Wallace, also known as The Bubbly Badass. As a fitness professional, my goal is to empower you through an inspiring message, share intentional conversations with guests, and give you educational tips on how to optimize your lifestyle through a holistic approach to fitness and wellness. My mission is to help you understand how to connect and build a badass mind and body. Let's get to work. Today, we have a very special guest. I have worked with this person for more than four and a half years now, and him and his wife hired me. Little did I know that that moment would change my life, because it did. <laughs> I've learned so much from him, and I truly can say he's the best manager owner that I've ever worked for in any job. He manages, and as of recently, became an owner of Hotbox Fitness Nashville. He's a former touring drummer, turned to running the best kickboxing and strength gym in the world. I'm sitting with the man, the legend, the one and only Kyle Mims. Can you read that again? That felt good. Yes, I can definitely do that. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. That's awesome. Thank you. Very cool of you to say. I appreciate that. Yes. Well, welcome. I'm super excited to have you here today and for the audience to get to know you because you have such an interesting life, I think. <laughs> it's been a wild, a wild ride. Sometimes it feels um, really normal and then sometimes I feel like it's uh, uh, just so on a different planet. Um, and that I'm just so weird. I wouldn't change it. You have to be a little eccentric to be successful sometimes, you know? When I look at like really successful people, I notice that a lot of them don't mind if uh, people mind if they're really weird. I think that's been the, the hardest thing to, the most powerful thing to realize is that, you know, and I'm not talking about I'm a successful person, but I'm just, I'm a weirdo. And my wife thinks I'm weird. People think I'm weird, but it is, it's me and I embrace it and it's, it's fun. And we're all a little bit weird in, in some way, shape or form. Right. I would say I'm a little weird too, you know? Yeah, we're, we're weird. It's cool. It's part of the hot box culture. It is. <laughs> yes. It is. So Kyle, you were once in a rock band before Hotbox ever even started. Tell me about what your life was like before Hotbox and even from your childhood, you grew up here, right? I did. I, I was born in Texas and then around eight years old, we transplanted to middle Tennessee. Like I, I grew up in a musical family. Uh, my uncle was a successful country rock roots Americana singer. And um, uh, my family kind of transplanted uh, as my mom used to tour in his band and, and help him out. And, and so we all, we moved into his house and lived there for a handful of years. And I lived all around middle Tennessee, eventually settled in Ashland city, about 30 minutes away for middle school, high school. And then I just made my way toward downtown Nashville, moved to Florida for about five years uh, for one of the bands I was in. And 2010 came back to Nashville to ironically quit playing music, thought I wanted to take a path toward nursing school and was convinced by the founder of Hotbox to drop out of college and join this new band called Hotbox. I like that, a new band called Hotbox. Yep. And it's true because the music is such a huge piece of our culture too and the environment. Even as a coach, I really think Hotbox is a lot like a performance. It is. Everything about it, it's a performance. It's with my musical history, like touring and being on stage. You go through these evolutions as when I was like in a high school band, your gear looked like crap. You sounded like crap. Your amps faced in different directions. You didn't care. 
And as you progress, you start touring and you, you become an actual band legit. You're like, dude, I need legit looking gear. I need a big freaking 412 stack speaker cabinet. They all need to be lined up facing the crowd in a certain way. You just, you have a, a presentation, a performance. And then when you get on stage, it's like you had in a, at a punk rock show, 20 to 30 minutes to tell the story of pure chaos and get people into a frenzy. And all those same things were brought into Hotbox because Jamie, who started it, he used to tour in one of my old bands. We, we I picked, didn't know that. Yeah, that's how we met. We, my old punk rock band called Love is Red was from Nashville. We were in Cincinnati, Ohio. And the show we were going to play that night actually got shut down by the cops because they were like, yep, something, something stupid's going to happen. <laughs> Love and, that. And so Jamie was playing in one of the local bands. He was a kid. They actually, at one of his friend's mom's house, she was like, y'all come have the show in the basement. 70 people or 50 people, I'm a, 300 people. Just let the story <laughs> grow. All went over to this dude's basement. We played the show. It was wild. And then Jamie was like, hey, you guys need a place to sleep. My mom will cook you some spaghetti. Come to my house. And we just, we hit it off and eventually stuck him in the van. And he started touring with us as like our roadie and merch guy and just the young kid who didn't give a crap, who made us laugh, who we would make $5 a day and he would make it all worth it. When we were about to break up in Buffalo, New York in a snowstorm because we made no money, Jamie would just get naked and drink his pee in front of us. And then all of a sudden we're like, <laughs> all right, let's keep touring. And then, uh, and then eventually it, it kind of crumbled. I left to Florida to join a bigger band. And, uh, and during that time, I was still connected with everyone. I'd come home, hang out. I was very, still very close with Jamie and all my friends. It was in that period of time where he got into Muay Thai, gyms, selling memberships, and had like the epiphany that they're doing it wrong. We can do it tight and we can make people feel good. We can do everything that you, a punk rock show is about, but it makes you feel like, but take all the elite, the elite attitude, the, you know, the, the, the exclusivity out of it. And it's like, everyone belongs. Come join me. I'm going to show you a damn good time. Let's watch this punk rock show and participate. Let's have fun and be friends. And it's like, oh yeah, we're going to kickbox too. Ankles up, go. And that, that literally is, that's hot box. That is hot box. That is hot box. Did you move back to Nashville to join Hotbox and join Jamie when he started Hotbox or when when did you enter the Hotbox era? In Hotbox started in April of 2010. My last show with my band that I literally played live outside of a couple of things that recent randomly came up was in March of 2010. We toured in Australia and I that was my last tour. We my my fiance at the time uh, Jamie, we, we talked, we were talking even when I was in Australia, we had a very close relationship, even when I lived in Florida and he was like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to open this gym. I'm going to do this thing. He had no idea what he was doing. And I would talk to him in April rolled around. Um, I was still in Florida and he's like, oh my God, like 20 people signed up. May rolled around. Oh my God, I have 40 members. And then June, as soon as I got back into Nashville, moved there, I went straight to the gym and started hanging out. And so I, I initially started working at a restaurant and I enrolled in college for the first time at 30 oh. and I was taking classes to become a nurse. 
So it's my first experience in college, bartending and waiting tables. Jamie was doing hot box. I was like training Muay Thai kickboxing mm-hmm. every day. I was obsessed with it. And it was about, it wasn't until like a year and a half later that Jamie was trying to get me to come and join and work. And I was just like, dude, I don't want to be in another band. Right. <laughs> I'm ready to have insurance. Yes. I'm ready to have flexibility and stability. I'm going to be a nurse. A year and a half into it, almost two years into it, uh, I, I was like, okay. Like they had like him and his partner, Steve, we went to whiskey kitchen, mm-hmm. had like a serious conversation. It was so funny. Literally they're like, Kyle, what, what do you need to make this work? And this was my moment. Like my ask literally in my head was like, okay, car insurance. Okay. And I was like $400 a week. <laughs> I'm like, that's so stupid. <laughs> and they're, I know, like, they probably have bruises on their shins from kicking each other into the table. <laughs> and, and they were like, I, I, I think we can make that work. And then I, I was like, let's do it. And, and that was it. It was all she wrote from there. That's amazing. No turning back. I called three people and said, I'm, I, I kind of want to do this thing. What do you think? And they were all like, fuck it. And I was like, let's go. That's awesome. And so you quit nursing school shortly after that? Yep. I quit. I was preparing to basically start at TSU mm-hmm. for my first semester of nursing. I was just wrapping up my prereqs at Nashville State. I um, was between semesters. I freaking pulled out, took my name out of the hat, and bought a pair of tights. And then <laughs> Jamie took me to Lululemon. I'd never heard of it. And he's like, let's go to this place, Lululemon. It's cool. You Trust me and put on a pair of tights and he showed up at the gym, was gonna shadow him to teach class. And I had taken a bunch of classes and he got the class started. He goes, everybody feet moving, feet moving. This is my homie Kyle, he's gonna shadow the class. And then he threw the stopwatch to me. Oh my gosh. And then he walked out the door and said, I'm going to turnip truck, need anything? And this left. No way. I swear to God. No way. And I had to just- I, Coach I, your first class on a whim. just go in for it. That's 7, incredible. 7.45 p.m. class, yeah. Incredible. What do you think the class thought after that moment? Um, You know what? I don't think they thought much of it because I knew, I knew what it was about. I didn't know how to teach class, but the moment I, first class I came to with him, he didn't know what he was doing still, but I knew what he was trying to do. Yes. And he was just trying to- put on a punk rock show. And so I knew like kind of a, a layout of a class and the the key words that he would always say, the things that were always come up and right. say. And then I just freaked out and turned it into a, a punk rock show. Amazing. That is it. Yeah. After that moment or that day, what also was, so you were a coach, you were teaching kickboxing probably after that moment for, because I'm sure he just threw you to the wolves in that sense. Yes. But what else did you do for Hotbox in the beginning stages when Steve and Jamie wanted to take you on? What were your roles? Um, I was the general manager. And uh, the roles were basically do everything, write some systems and processes, get people, uh, give people attention and time and, and help you know pour into the team make schedules, basically try to get things organized in a sense to where it's it's manageable and there is a way to kind of evaluate things. And basically, and I told him, like, create a way for Jamie to not have to do everything right? so he could kind of step back and be creative and be the, the leader of Hotbox and then essentially just, just run the show. Right. So what were some challenges you had 
in the beginning stages as a general manager, and you're still the general manager of Hotbox, and, and your position, I assume, has really evolved over time and how you've been able to navigate running Hotbox. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. Lots of challenges because I really did not have any experience. At Jackson's, um, the the restaurant bar that I was working at, they they promoted me to like an hourly manager. Um, honestly, just because I always showed up on time, I never called out. And I was just nice to people. And I would just, when I messed something up, I would go straight to the boss and be like, I messed this up. Can you help me fix it? Can I do this to fix it? And there, and that qualified me to be a manager (laughs) uh, at a restaurant. Um, And so I really had no experience though. And so the biggest challenge was, I was just, man, how do I say this was just too, I don't say too nice. I just had no boundaries didn't understand that it was, I had no true process or organization. Uh, I was just, I'm going to work until I drop and no one's going to outwork me because that's, that's what you do in punk rock. Right. You get in the van, you drive, you destroy, you sleep on a floor, you wake up, you do it again. That's how, that's what I do. And it sucked. Right. It was, uh, not good for longevity. And I assume you experienced burnout. So how long did it take for you to feel that burnout? And when was the moment that you decided, okay, I need to address this. I need to start setting boundaries. I need to change something or ask for help. When was that moment and what did it look like for you? Oh, I think it was um, probably long after I got married to to Britt, um, who I actually met kind of at Hotbox and Lululemon, and she actually worked. She's she helped me bring Jesse on. She taught me a lot about just being a man and a human. It wasn't until I learned just being candid how to have an actual marriage and communicate with a partner and understand their boundaries and my boundaries and boundaries from work and life that I was able to kind of apply that. And in a sense, I still don't in a way, but. There were many times these major turning points in my career at Hotbox to where things got much worse than they should have been just because my inability to kind of understand how to navigate situations, I would let things grow and let things become a bigger problem than they should have been without kind of taking care of them. That was my lack of experience and understanding how to kind of navigate those situations. And so... When, when you let those things kind of spiral and you don't really know how to get them under control, whether it's a, 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 a staffing issue or mm-hmm. a programming issue or a business financial issue, you just don't understand how to get it under control. And that's when the boundaries get destroyed right? because it consumes you and the fire just keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And so it took a handful of nervous breakdowns and big life moments to have a much better grip on those things I believe that and I know for you you're really you really take in charge of your own mental health and mental health is a huge value at Hotbox as well just you have allowed an open door policy essentially when a staff member needs to come in and talk about something and I know because of your challenges and and experiencing burnout, you can really empathize with other employees and you are always looking out for other employees in that way, asking them, hey, you're not taking on too much, are you? And just having those check-ins and not being afraid to ask 
how they're doing. And, and it's a genuine ask. It's not just, a, oh, we're good and, you know, moving along. How did Hotbox evolve to be more of that open door policy to discuss mental health? I think Hotbox was always, there was a point to where, you know, I, you kept, kept having like this moment of going, why do these same things keep happening with some of our staff mm -hmm. or me? What is it that is attracting these things? Then you learn that people do feel really comfortable kind of being themselves here. And because of, I think, like our punk rock history and the, our branding, if you want to say it, and things like that, I think it kind of attracts people. They see uh, uh, this realness about us or this different path that is off kind of the mainstream course. And I just feel like it wasn't until recent to where you like kind of corporate life and bigger brands and organizations are starting to embrace the mental health side of things. So I think it started attracted, did track people who were spontaneous in life, a little bit silly and nutty and weird in a cool way, have tattoos, don't have tattoos, but they were looking for something a little bit different, creatives. Mm -hmm. And I think you get people who are very creative sometimes can come a lot of emotion. And I know myself, like growing up in a band full of dudes in a van living you don't really learn how to communicate the best um and so add all that up you get a lot of creative cool beautiful people in this place together pouring emotion into the class sometimes pouring too much emotion getting too invested you know getting their identity attached to hotbox and then i learned like wait i i've been like that too and so learned that you know, this can be a, a, a good thing if we talk about it. Maybe it can help folks understand that where is the line for you and where is the line for Hotbox with that? And I, I guess without rambling too much, I just care. I cared a lot about the folks who come to the gym and there I've been through the same human crap they've been through. Mm -hmm. We are human. Every person that comes there, I'm really interested in what is going on in their life, who they are. So it's important to let people talk. Because there's honestly, there's not a ton of resources that we can offer people. But one thing we can give them is to just listen. Yes. Let them get it out. Let them be them. That way we can all kind of understand to, because we're there to serve people. Right. And if you can't, if you got to hold that in and hold that back and, and not be yourself, man, it just does a lot of damage. The, the people that work at Hotbox are way more important, way bigger than the, the just the picture of the business. Yes, it's I very, agree. We're all, we're all people. Yes, we're all people, and I am glad that mental health has really been changing overall across all work cultures. There's been a big movement, and I think there's still a lot more movement that needs to be done, mm -hmm. especially since 2020. A lot of people have really struggled, but it's it's really allowed that doorway to open up for people to express themselves and confess that they're struggling when they need to. When you start talking about it, people just start coming out of the woods. Yes. I don't know if I... I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the little thing of Homer Simpson where he appears out of the bushes and then sinks back in the bushes. Yes. <laughs> it's like when you start talking about depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. people start kind of coming out of the bushes just because they're like, oh, wait, you're you're talking about it? Mm -hmm. I, 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 I kind of want to talk about it, too. It's way more common than people realize. Yes. I think it's important to to get that out because a lot of people are suppressing it. Yes. And if you can get it out in the right way and be proactive about it, mm -hmm. productive, you can move on and not let it define you. 
That's a really good point, not letting it define you. Because it's, it's very vulnerable to open up and share, but that vulnerability allows other people to open up. We can't get lost in it that sometimes we think that our feelings are our identity mm-hmm. and our feelings are meant to be processed and meant to be worked through and we're allowed to have emotions. For you growing up, actually, that's a question altogether is, did you feel like you had to suppress a lot growing up, even through your punk rock phase, even into Hotbox? When did you really allow yourself to feel emotions and sit with yourself and everything you felt? Man, that is a good question. It's funny because like thinking at punk rock and hardcore scene, it's if you actually listen to a lot of the lyrics, it's not all just, I'm mad at the government, I'm mad at the world. There's a lot of dark self-reflection and I don't know how to navigate things. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the world. I feel different. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty angry. And then there's a lot of bands who are really like a positive attitude. It's very prevalent in the sense it would come out in songs, but no one knew how to really talk about it as an individual friends wouldn't bring it up and you wouldn't go to therapy you would just someone would scream it on a stage and you knew the lyrics to the band you could relate to it Mm -hmm. it didn't go past that and again it wasn't until I was married until I really understood how to like talk about those things because I didn't think I was uh depressed or had anxiety or any of these things you just thought oh man life sucks right now things suck this is hard you really push it down yes just push it down and survive and unfortunately, you know, sometimes some people get to a point sooner or they have someone who helps guide them to um, whether it's therapy or some type of outlet to where they can move through it. And I had that with my wife, but she didn't even really know how dark or bad things would get until, I mean, I just I shut down at a certain point to where I just started having pretty extreme symptoms just being honest, there was like a the way best way I could sum it up is there was like a, a couple periods over the past handful of years where it really hit me when my wife, I think we may have been in counseling. She was like, I was just trying to decide to call your mom and say, Hey, we got, we got to take him somewhere. And I was like, Whoa. Wow. I just got chills. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Whoa. Because you never realize you can get to that point. And when you're in that Mm -hmm. you you just you don't I never understood that I was at that level you just you look at myself in the mirror and go I am this I am whatever insert word I am crazy I've lost my mind I don't what I what is my world but that's just like this big story that's built up right that all of a sudden just hits you and takes you and it just controls your identity and your life until you do something really dark and and make it go away or you seek help and work through it it wasn't until i got through that to where it's like whoa wait anyone is prone to this and looking back at my history and growing up as a child and my family history it's like i am let's say predisposed to these things and so um yeah, I guess growing up the long this five minute answer to your question. No, you're it's a great it, answer. It took a long time to um, you know, you know, understand where these things come from. How am I predisposed to it? And you start going, Wait, I see the I can see I start seeing the layers of the the onion further down to the center and that helps navigate it all and understand where these things start to manifest. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you can learn tools and I learned tools to 
start to see those things out further in advance, change habits and lifestyle to keep myself padded safer, further away from those things. And, and it's still, still work on it. Yes. Still always working on it. I believe that. And I mean, mental health is a pillar of health. It's not something that goes away or you have a bad season and then you just stop taking care of yourself and your mental aspect. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are a lot of ways that we can work through it, whether it's therapy, movement, talking to a friend, uh, not allowing ourselves to go through burnout. So learning boundaries Mm -hmm. and where that line falls for you. What are some tools in your toolbox? Cause I know that's a phrase you like to use when it comes to taking care of yourself. What are some tools in your toolbox that you lean on or even practices that you do that helps you with your mental health and to keep you from falling in such a dark hole? Meditation was a big one. Um, one that I'm slacking on literally right to this day, but it kind of rewind a second. It helps kind of put the other question, kind of tie it together. You asked about people coming in and being open about mental health and hotbox. I can see some of those signs that I've been through with folks. And, and I know that it can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. And so you start seeing these actions and behaviors and things. And so I want, I like want them to talk. And so sometimes I think they can just sense that, that they can talk to me. And so one of the tools is to helping other people that I found is maybe not try to force my tools on other people because sometimes someone just needs to be heard. Yes. They just, they don't, sometimes does not, does not want advice. They just need to be heard. Biggest tools in my toolbox, meditation was the biggest one for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, journaling and all it did. And I still don't really know how to journal, but I know that when I do it, I put my hand on a, a pen and a pen touches paper it's a moment to where i just i'm just looking at words it's a moment to where i can't think about anything else even if i'm just writing crap it's a moment of being still and calm and being in the present moment being in the present moment and then meditation headspace app 10 minute meditations literally changed changed everything for me because again that's just a the practice it's not uh, this game it's just it's practicing every day of realizing you've let things drift off. Oh, let's just come back and, and think about one thing. And that's some, something that I'm feeling, my breath. That took me a long time to understand is, is the more I practice about not drifting off, then that's gonna help me because when you're in a bad state, you think, I mean, freaking ADHD to the gills, like <laughs> I think, I think in this, not just a story, but an elaborate, crazy vision picture is formed in my head and then it's not till 15 minutes later i understand someone's my wife's talking to me and it's like whoa yeah um and so it helps so much with that i started to see go oh wait back here oh wait back here and then i start doing it less meditation is beautiful journaling and exercise Yes, exercise. And you wake up really early in the morning. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kyle, you wake up about 3, 4 a.m. every day. What, what's your regular wake-up time? It's changed right now. This morning, it's been about 2, between 2 and 2.30 right now. What? That's even earlier. Yeah. it's a. Uh, oh, no. It, it started um, when we were building Hotbox out, the new location, and just anxiety, honestly, of... And we were, I was already waking up pretty early, 5 a.m. There was periods of anxiety of where if I don't wake up right now and work on this, we weren't, we're not going to finish. And so there were t- I was waking up at like 1230 at night, 1 a.m. And just, oh, my God, and, and having to work. And then that kind of like shifted my hours pretty 
polar in that direction. And then it soon became 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, just get up, work out, send Britt off to work. And then now it's like I go to bed at 7 or 8, but recently there's just a lot of stuff before the end of the year comes up, 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m., I woke up at like 1.30 the other night. Oh, my goodness. Um, I sleep heavy. I sleep very hard. It's just when I wake up, I'm up. And when I'm up, I'm on 10. I love that, though. I want to wake up on 10. <laughs> Britt hates it. <laughs> hates it. I believe it. Because does that mean she has to wake up early, too? Or she just is woken up? And she wakes up early, but she she just does not want me in her space she's beautiful oh yeah like this is what i do is not normal right (laughs) and she even wakes up abnormally early but this morning we got up out of bed at the same time no i'm already she starts walking in her bathroom immediately in the bathroom that she uses in the morning and i'm walking behind her to go toward the kitchen and just the, the the being stupid silly side of me I start to follow her in her bathroom. Oh my god! And I walk right real close to her back, and just to make it awkward. And then she stops, and she's like, Ugh, "Like mad." I'm like, "Wait!" I'm like, "I'm so sorry. It's way too early to be stupid." It's like I, that's the first thing that I think about is like mess with my wife's head. When I get up, I'm re- I'm just I'm ready to go. You're energized and ready. Yeah, to go. I'm, I'm ready to either exercise or I I want to go do something. I want to work. I'm really creative. I'm really productive in the morning, and then around you know several hours later, I'm just shut down what time do you shut down uh mentally my brain starts turning off stops functioning like around 1 p.m um and then 6 4 30 p.m start closing the blinds because it starts getting dark yes 6 p.m dinner and then 7 p.m like brushing the teeth getting in bed that's incredible Uh, yeah it's weird it's it's something needs to change about it though on you know the dichotomy of that is it's kind of like totally castrates you from social life yes because everything you you're now fearful or can't imagine doing anything that happens after 4 p.m i feel that way and i only wake up at 5 a.m as friends and i'm still in my 20s going out is it's a harder to say yes or even on the weekends because i always say i'm cinderella i have to be in bed no later than midnight <laughs> i'm already turned into a pumpkin like i don't want to be there because my body won't allow me to sleep past 7 a.m mm-hmm. even if i wake up at 5 a.m a lot are you comfortable with that do you feel like this needs to change or this is i'm good with it i like it now and definitely last year it was harder. This year I've broken my bedtime more. Last year I would say I didn't even want to be up till midnight on a weekend. Mm. Now I'll allow it every once in a while, but I still love a good good evening of just sitting on my couch watching TV. That's one of my favorite ways to relax. And I didn't used to be that way. I barely watched any TV the last few years, probably because I had a similar mindset of you where I just wanted to work all the time. I didn't know how to close my laptop at the end of the night, whether it was a creative project, working on something. And then I really dove into self-development too. And so I, I don't know, I just was like, my mind was always working, even if it was working on myself. Mm -hmm. So this year I've really pulled back from overworking or at least trying to pull back from overworking and allowing my brain to just turn off, even if it means a TV show or going out with friends, like something that just allows me to have more fun and freedom in life. Do you feel like you spent a lot of time? It's like me when I say I'd, there was a lot of periods of my life where I would spend hours, though, just going down 
creative rabbit holes at work. Trying to, best way to put it is even this morning, mm-hmm. I use it in a positive way, is trying to build out something that helps organize the team and the staff. And I'm just, I'm just, done. I can't get anything done. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to step away, step away. But then I understood finally, it's like, you know what? I need to do something creative with it, create some art attached to it or something. And then boom, the, then it starts coming to life. Yeah. Are you that way since you're a creative person? And do you feel like you go down these rabbit holes at times where you waste a lot of time on something? Yes. And I actually love when I waste a lot of time on a creative project, whether, whether it's useful or not. And even then it's not wasteful if I feel like I get a lot of dopamine or something out of it and I'll get really into a project or I'll sit in a coffee shop and I'll work on something. And there was one time I was so intensely working on something at my computer. I blocked everything out at a coffee shop. I was so into it. And as soon as I lifted up my head and turned around, I realized how stiff I was because I was so in the zone. And I do love being in the zone, but it's just funny when that, when, you know, you don't realize you're barely breathing, you're stiff. (laughs) (laughs) Same way when I get Brit, sometimes like it would be on the weekends or she had to, when she was in nursing school or doing other things where I, it was okay if I, I had my laptop out and she'd be like, why are you working? Well, I'm actually, I'm designing apparel stuff for us and it's work for sure. Man, this is fun. Yes. Because I can get to put this color here. And then I just, I'm so deeply entrenched in it to where nothing, nothing in this world will, is going to pull me away from it. Right. But I, yeah. And I love those feelings because yeah. I think that's when <laughs> it doesn't always feel like it's work because it's fun. Yeah. And that's the aspect I would say also of this job even as a personal trainer coach, now manager too, that I, I don't know, I love having creative projects and you're right, like seeing something from start to finish and watching yourself complete something and then watching it come to life as well. So that's what writing a workout is for me. I write a workout, I'm strategic about it, I introduce it to people, I'm like, hey, this is what you're doing and then I get to watch it come to life. So that's really fun for me. It can be, a not good habit though. Yes. And I'll, I'll kind of tell you a time, A, I've, I've gone through it just so many times. So I'm able to see these things when they're happening. But there was a, a former employee who they would come back with this beautiful thing. But I start to, when you go in Canva, mm-hmm. you can kind of back engineer stuff, like move things around and start seeing how charts were made or different diagrams or designs. I had this moment, I was like, whoa. I think it was like a, a flow chart. Oh, yes. And it was shaped really weird. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I copied it, made a duplicate because I wanted to work, rework some things, adjusted one thing and realized, whoa, it's not like you had a, a, a shape already completed and, and moved it around. You built the shape with single line. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. You just you went down a creative rabbit hole and spent probably 13 hours on something that should have taken two. Right. And now it's like Oh, boy. Not being efficient. I think, yeah, yeah, when you're not being efficient with your time, you're right. When something should take you two hours or you're paying someone a certain amount and then it's like taking 13 hours because they wanted to. And actually, this is such a funny story, but my mind will go back here that there is this party in high school and 
we were creating tie-dye shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this is funny, but it's truly like a metaphor for so many things in my life. But we were creating these tie-dye shirts, you know, it's like all ra- like round up and you have the rubber bands around it and you start like putting colors on it. And I was getting so creative with it. I was loving it so much. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, that looks so cool. I want mine to look like that. And I still just kept going and I was getting compliments. Then all of a sudden... <laughs> It turned like brown. Brown. Because <laughs> I started to overdo it. Oh. I it, it looked perfect, and I should have stopped at the point where people said this looks great. Oh. But I started to overdo it. I started to get too creative with it and got too excited about it that I ruined it. Mm. And what was really amazing, I spent too much time and too many colors. <laughs> when less is more, and so one of my mottos is less is more. And I kind of come back to that tie dye moment. <laughs> Yeah. But it's true. It's so do true. you really approach it like um, how how simple can I make this, or do you you, you have that kind of uh, that check and balance now that that mental stop and go wait is this too much? Yes, I do that for both workouts and also for Canva flyers because sometimes I'll put too many things on a Canva flyer mm-hmm. and then you'll realize that your attention is pulled away from mm-hmm. the main subject or you know it can have a little pretty picture or some accents on it, but too many accents just takes away. And that's where I really have learned less is more. It's really funny story with the the hot box training manuals over the years. They, the first one I wrote for this, just the sales team was 35 pages long. Insane. And it's, it's all over the years. It become 30 pages, 25 pages. I think I finally settled at something that was like 15 pages. (laughs) And then Lauren Zartman, uh, who's a, a long time experienced hot box trainer, she said, uh, we had a meeting because she wanted to help. She's like, hey, can I can I give you some feedback? And she, she's very smart. Like, she is. Yeah. She really and is. Um, we, we met and um, she took a whole page of the manual that was like basically describing one thing. And she goes, Kyle. And she wrote down basically one sentence, five words long. And it <laughs> summed up the entire page. Incredible. Way better than I could. And she goes, Kyle, this is a script to how box the movie like the thing that you're writing mm-hmm. no one gets this i i don't get, i don't get it she's like do you understand this and she basically she wrote our job is to make people feel comfortable and cared for and i was like god i was like yeah i get it yes yes i was like thank you lauren <laughs> yes yeah. i know thank you lauren yeah we love that and that's where it's good to have those checks and balances and why we also have a team of people that also can tell us that because we could be not receptive to any feedback at all mm-hmm. my way is the only way but you're always really open and of course you know there's sometimes you one track minded but most of the time you're pretty open to feedback and i yeah. think that's really important as a manager and owner and just setting that example for others Mm -hmm. to know that if they become leaders or at any point in time they become a CEO of Hotbox or a different gym altogether business, they can learn that from you. And I hope, yeah, I hope it's, I've been through too much. Um, I've caused myself too much pain over the years, a not really understanding how to do my job at times. And so working way too hard in the wrong direction and then just doing things not well at times, which is part of, I'm like, I'm not being self-deprecating. It's part of like growth and, uh, and just been through so much just crap and hurt and pain, self-inflicted. And then having someone kind of tell you like, Hey, um, 
you know, business partner come and be like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't good. And all of a sudden just now just being pissed yeah. so mad because like, how could this person ever have the audacity to say this wasn't good? Like, do they know what I went through to create this? Yeah. Like how do, and then it's like, wait, oh my God. Like he was just saying, he didn't say, I hate you. You suck. Therefore this sucks. Right. He basically shouldn't be, have to be said by him, but I love you. This, the, this thing you did is not as, is not good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's as easy as that. And so it's like, uh, yeah, I'm open to feedback because I don't want, I don't want to be doing something mm -hmm. that is hurting someone, um, or, or, um, keeping someone from growing or that ultimately kept me from achieving my goal yes because i'm now i'm 40 years old man if there's some things i could have just listened to or had someone just be blunt probably could have saved myself a couple of years a few years maybe even several years of everyone's time and energy and even diving into that a little deeper because i do want to circle things back around to more hotbox business side of things what are some other pivots or challenges that you've had to face for the business of Hotbox as the manager and not even on a personal level? And thank you for sharing a lot of that, but now more so on the business side where maybe you really wanted something to go a specific way and you had a vision and then it didn't work out. What's maybe a scenario that you've faced? Many times where have this vision for things of this program you want to create or how you want the business to work and function and so you start trying to build a team for that. You get yourself in a position to where you come at this crossroads to where you need to up the ante for that person or provide something more for this team of these people. And then you realize like, wait, the business is not even there. Um, I think the biggest pivot at times is trying to grow the business too fast before mm -hmm. had the resources or even the knowledge and going, okay, you know what? Let's rewind, go back to the bread and butter, back to the basics, and just do what we do well. Yes. Like stop trying to grow too fast. Pivot-wise, there honestly hasn't been any huge pivots at Hotbox. We've done our, our, our business and it's gone well. Biggest challenges I think were ones created probably by myself through lack of inexperience outside of the pandemic inflation uh the hardest thing i've ever dealt with at the gym was a crumbling facility at the old place at the old place that was so hard i believe that something was broken every single day constantly broken yes we weren't um bathrooms the and landlord the, the building was set to be torn down so he's like i can't i'm not going to we're not going to fix this and then my partner at the time saying no we're not going to spend money to fix this and me not understanding why he didn't want to throw burn ten thousand dollars to fix some type of drip right this is at the time of the instagram explosion okay. an influencer explosion every individual now brands themselves these young 22 year olds who are aren't even like business professionals or don't aren't entrepreneurs but they, they're branding themselves in Instagram. So when they walk up to a place, they go, wait, why are there three different logos? Wait, why are those colors not match? Why does this place look like shit? They see these things 
and to be dealing with a facility that was just falling apart, the, the need to like rebrand and like hone in our strategy. It was just really difficult, especially when we were in a middle of a construction zone of the Gulch. Yes, and parking was tough too Parking back got then. tough, and then everyone outside of the construction zone had these beautiful new buildings that were yeah. finished, tight-knit branding from being a corporation, and it was just like, whoa, like we're having to compete with that now. Luckily, people, they still fall in love when they show up, Yes, but getting people to show up and like, take us serious for a period of time while we were in that transition was so hard. And I remember too that the new location when we were building that out, when there were things out of your control, inspections, there were reasons that we had to push back the date a few months and and I think it all worked out in the end. But I just remember that being such a big deal because we were all so excited to go to a new facility. And then finally October of twenty nineteen, right, we moved into the new facility and then it was incredible we had a great opening in my opinion I mean it looks outstanding I love I love everything about the branding I love everything about the new place it is exactly the refresh that Hotbox needed the Hotbox makeover we'll nice. call it yes oh. but the unfortunate piece was that we faced 2020 or the pandemic shortly after that mm-hmm. in 2020 we shut down how long was Hotbox closed for six months five months we shut down March 24th I believe and then we reopened on June 15th okay yes yeah, yeah. March, April, May, so almost three months. And was that really scary for you when you closed on Hotbox? I honestly, I think one of the really cool, incredible things that happened was that we were still standing. We were still standing after the pandemic. We still are successful, and sur- we survived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we survived. What was your emotion when the pandemic first hit, and when you realized this isn't going to be two weeks? This is going to be a while. Uh, it was. It was depression and denial at a time yeah because we went through all these trials and tribulations and you know honestly don't feel too bad because i think entrepreneurs or business owners there's it's a constant up down so um you finally get out into that new facility and it's like this is this now we can live up to our potential you start living up to your potential you start freaking crushing it yeah and then this thing happens you have this moment of being so much more aware of how uh, how much time I spent burning the burning the freaking candles at both ends. It's like, wow, all that time. And now it's, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. This thing we built. And I, you hate to like equate everything to finances. Right. But it's a big piece of you, it. It's you a have business. to. It's like, like this membership base we built. Because it's not just like a dollar amount. It's the vision of Hotbox and where we want it to go. This is this, you have to have this. Like, this is a piece of the pot. This base we built, everything we built is gone. Right. We're right on the cusp. And, uh, and then so you have these moments of like feeling sorry and down and sad. And then it, wait, everyone, everyone has this. Every single person has this. And so you just had to slowly just try to pick up the pieces. And, and I ended up working more and harder during that time off to rebrand and get kind of our identity together. Uh, during that period so in a way it was it actually changed our business forever in a good way I agree with that because when we first opened back up the whole entire staff had to come to a meeting Mm -hmm. and learn all about the branding what we were about our mission vision values and I really do think that was the moment for me I loved everything about that and that was the moment I was like I'm all in I'm about what this place is about 
I'm here for it. I think that's a really big piece because we have to know what the vision is, what the values are, and where we're going. Mm -hmm. And something that I've faced across all different kinds of jobs is company culture. And I really value in the workplace a quality company culture. Of course, what one person needs in a company culture is going to look different than what I need, but Hotbox just fit exactly what I needed. And it's upheld those mission, vision, and values. That's also why I'm still here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once we did that, um, all of a sudden, the uh, the vibe we started attracting even more. Yes, like, we did. It just started to gravitate even more. And you start seeing people really rally around it. And then it truly gives you a North Star. Yes. It gives you something to to all go always go back to and say it's a filter to run everything through and you can always if you just stop and you're confused and you don't feel lost it's like wait let's let's just go what what do we do where what does this say again and you just go back to that and i probably should ask this early on but how would you describe hotbox someone that's never heard of it before how would you describe hotbox what do you want them to know about it man it's like it's like a, I, I struggle. I swear every day I think about it, it's like, what's the elevator pitch, whatever. It changes, but Agreed. <laughs> it's like a man. I wish I could have that, that, that 10 second thing, but it, I always come back to, um, is it's what it really sounded is, is the dopest gym in the world. It is. And, yes. and, but, but you hope is someone go, well, what makes it so dope? But essentially it, it's a collective of people taking chances, being vulnerable and, going all in essentially change and redefine like the the your standard fitness experience it is a superior counterculture fitness experience i truly believe that too yeah. of course i do i might be biased but i truly believe that and my bottom line is you just have to go and experience it for yourself yes and that's what i say too i'm like honestly i just can't describe it you just have to come it's, it's so much fun and it's wild I agree. You, you literally, you will never see or feel anything like it. It's the best time of your life, especially in terms of a fitness experience. We'll dance, we'll laugh, and we'll have fun. We'll be a little serious at times, but we'll always come back around to just laughter at the end and clapping each other's hands and having a good time. That's really cool yeah. to hear, you, hear I'm just grateful like that's how you feel about it. Yes. Dance party. That's what I call Saturday mornings. I'm like, are y'all ready for the party? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. Okay, here is your big question of the day. If you could do anything with Hotbox, what is your ultimate vision for the future of Hotbox? Okay, Hotbox, uh, today I win the lottery and I get several million dollars. Endless amount of money, doesn't matter. First thing, I I just want to I just want to pay off the, the, any debt that's around or take care of the people that help financially get us to where we are and help help take care of the people who put their ass on the line and sign the dotted line, put all the risk on their back to let myself and other people work our ass off and grow on their time and their money because every business gets funded by something. Then I want to hire a team, hire a full-time team around us, um, constantly shooting media for us, following us around, take two weeks as like a retreat, everyone get on the same page and call someone a fabricator, tell them to weld up a kickboxing rack and some squat racks that can be packed into a trailer by a 15 passenger or a van mm -hmm. <laughs> um go to three cities and set up like these uh one week freaking pop-up classes in a weird warehouse 
at the same time, have it all filmed, document it, um, buy another place that's offsite, call it the Black House, where it has a podcast room, has a training room for kickboxing strength, and just has a, a little room with a big TV and computers where people can collab on creative stuff and digital stuff. About six months after all that's been going, take this team, take the people who've been around and, and doing this stuff, and immediately start marching into other cities and doing the damn thing. But create a, a, a facility that's kind of a corporate training facility. Uh, essentially, I, I want to create for all staff and people joining the staff this the most wild experience they've ever had working for a business and a company. Not just like a people building thing, but like create these wild experiences and push them in a way they've never thought they'd be pushed. Essentially, let them walk out to the end of the diving board and then stand behind them and just teep them right in, like push kick them right in the butt. <laughs> I love and say, that. Go, here we go. Um, and then use that to open up more stores and just let that spread. Let mm -hmm. that kind of go viral. Yes. Um, but yeah, awesome training facility. A cool, take a group of people on tour and document it mm -hmm. and immediately go open up a new location in a, in a bigger city. I think that's incredible. And I think it's totally possible. I see that vision. Absolutely. I imagine it in my head. And I'm hoping that someone listens to this podcast who just has endless amounts of dollars. Like, like I don't want to sound silly, like Hotbox, like like our partners and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. like like we can we can find the investment money and stuff like that as long as the plan is really there. Yes. But we're still really getting our crap together. Someone out there just is like, hey, like I got a lot of money. I don't care what happens to it. Like, I think they call that, what is it, fuck you money? Yeah, <laughs> someone's got fuck you money. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. I'm going to show you a good time. The, your vision, when it happens, that's something that people are going to study in business school. Oh, Just man. like having this crazy facility. Because I have learned some crazy scenarios about training protocols in certain companies or certain ways that people are trained that is something I learned so I feel like this is something you would study in school and just that experience and you know how to prevent high turnover because you give them this awesome experience they have all the tools they need from the get-go you make it fun while learning and then they want to stick around because they just have fun and still learning hell yeah it's like a kind of the back door of the hotbox business mission is to change the way businesses operate and communicate with its people change the experience and so it all comes in one of our one of our mission vision values is recognizing the power of your own positive influence and leaning into your inherent coolness so essentially realizing that cool isn't a status thing and clothing it's you know what i'm you know what? I've, i'm cool with myself i'm confident and so taking these misfits of instructors who don't have certain experiences and certain things giving them the tools to find their power and just exploding and giving love to people, it really changes people's lives. Yes. And so if we can kind of create that experience and go to another city, it's going to a thousand people, it's gonna spread. Yeah. Like every client, I want them, if we're doing things the way, if you're really putting your ass out there when you're there in that facility, it's going to change the way someone feels. And it's gonna eventually just spread amongst hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people over the course of years. And if you can get 20 of these things going, by the, mil by the end of it, you may have inspired a million people 
or 100,000 people to be more confident in themselves and to feel belonging somewhere, that might save their life. It might, it could change everything about their world. And then it'll just spread, 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 spread. spread. Can attest because it's changed my life, as I said in the beginning, but it really has because I was a music business major. I was pursuing music. I graduated August of 2018, but I joined Hotbox that June. I knew I wanted to do fitness on the side with music business as I was pursuing that. And then probably probably about six months after graduating, I really was conflicted with which route I wanted to go. And it wasn't until 2020 that I just, that's when I decided to go all into fitness. Mm. But a huge piece of that was because it was when we moved to the new location. I remember I created this little Instagram post, but it was true is on the Instagram post, I mentioned how I really found my voice at Hotbox. And I was someone that Maybe it was hard for me to speak up or to direct a room. That was something that was challenging to me, even though that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to find that piece of myself and be that part of myself because I also was a performer growing up, a singer, songwriter. Working at Hotbox, it created an experience and it created just a way for me to be able to grow Mm. and grow in so many ways I didn't expect. And now I'm four and a half years in, almost five in July to working at Hotbox, being part of the mission while also still doing my own things on the side as well. It's just been cool because I really feel like Hotbox was the catalyst and it's been my constant in the last four and a half years. And I've worked at other places and they were great too, but Hotbox has just been been my main, it's my been, main bitch, <laughs> my main relationship. <laughs> it's, been, it's been different. It's been different, yeah. a different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's amazing. And you've like, you have impacted a lot of people. Like you are loved Thank and you. adored there. Um, and that is the coolest thing in the world is that you can, if you can just embrace it, mm-hmm. embrace yourself, tell a new instructor's coming on. It's like to stand on the high, high dive. It's like, are you going to walk away? The waters below is not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. It's be scary. But are you going to jump or are you going to walk away? Just jump and own it, own it to the max and people are going to follow. Yes. They're going to get excited and they're going to they're going to feel something and it's going to change them. That is the the everything in the cup if you hotbox is that place to where if you just jump off the high dive and you own it no matter what you're going to do well. I agree. You're going to do well at hotbox and you're going to impact a lot of people. Oh, if you own it, put the passion behind it an intention, then you can crush it. Just, I believe just, that too. Just go for it. Yes. Go I love it. that. Awesome. Well, Kyle, I love this conversation. And we're going to start some of our closing questions for the podcast today. Cool. Some of them are fun. Some of them are serious. So we're going to mix it up to start off. If you could give your younger self any piece of advice, what would you give your younger self? Maybe 20 years ago even. 20 years ago, don't take everything personal. Just listen, listen, ask questions. Don't take everything personal. That would, that would save me a lot of grief. Yes. This is a fun question. What is some of the worst advice you've ever received? It's worst advice and best advice was to, man, can I'll just, I'll I'll just say it. Yeah. Uh, In a, in my band, uh, it was like in 2008 uh, in Detroit, I was advised to, use the take a shit in the middle of the street um and and they 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 
said, recommend that I do it naked. <laughs> and the cops pulled up. Of course. In the middle of it. And it was a big, it was a big scene. I believe that. And it was the worst advice of course. ever, ever been given. Oh, that's a great, For sure. great answer. Fun story. Oh my God, I've never been more terrified. Yes, I believe that. One of our listeners wants to know if you could haunt anyone after you pass, who would you haunt and why? Like scare, scare like scare them, like be a ghost. Be a ghost. Oh my. And can this be, is this like to just mess with them? Yeah. Or is it like for vengeance and revenge? Either one. You can mess with them or for vengeance. Your choice. I don't, honestly, there, there's no one I could think of that I'd want um, vengeance upon in that way. Yeah. My old band member, Josh, um, because he made it a mission to just absolutely, he, and he was out of love. He just thought I was hilarious and just this goofball. And so he would hide places and do these just ridiculous pranks and film them and get my reaction. And everyone would laugh at it. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, wait, you know what? I'm, people just think I'm stupid and funny. Yes. It's cool. Um, so, but I would for sure make his life just so stressful, <laughs> Good, uh, but in a funny way. <laughs> in a funny way. Love that. Yeah. And back to more serious. Um, if you could give anyone that's starting a gym or creating their own business altogether in the fitness industry, what advice would you give them? 100% create what is your North Star? What kind of feeling do you want attached to this place? What are you genuinely trying to achieve in your product? And make sure you have these things in mind when you go to hire people. When you hire them, you find a way to, if you could just like take out, just give them truth serum. It's absolute black and white answers. You find a person who legitimately is wanting to do that thing that you are trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. There's no other pretense and make it as clear as day and find those people and don't make any exceptions. It's a great answer. No exceptions. You have that, man, even if you don't know how to run a business, you got everyone moving in, in one certain direction. It's gonna be a lot, lot less friction. And if there are three habits that you keep the rest of your life, what are those three habits? Make my bed when I get up. Didn't start that until I was married. Don't go more than two days in a row without sweating, mm -hmm. unless it's a, a medical situation. And remind yourself to listen and respond to someone at least every day. Have that moment where you go, am I listening? Am I, am I actually responding? Or am I just gone? Make your bed, get a sweat, remind yourself to listen. Do you have any last message or last words that you want to leave our audience with today? Don't wake up too early. There is too early with people. Put yourself in vulnerable in, in awkward situations when you can. Don't run from it for too long. And man, just uh, honestly, actually just be just be nice. Don't road rage on people. Don't flip people the bird. Take your time. Take your time and drive with patience. And uh, actually, if it all boils down to it, leave a little bit early. Drive with patience. And I think in Nashville right now, like everything else is going to be all right. Yes. Because there's nothing more stressful or dangerous 
and driving in Nashville right now. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> so true. Just, just take your time and, and uh, be kind. Don't flip people off. I love that. Great last words. Thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us today. I am super thankful to have you here and to be on this podcast. I know our listeners will love it. Listeners, if you have any other questions, if you want to see Kyle back on this podcast, please let me know because I'm sure there's plenty more we could discuss. That is a wrap. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. If you are interested in listening to upcoming episodes, please hit the subscribe button. You can find my IG handle at the bubbly underscore badass podcast handle at badass mind and body. If there's anyone that you want to see on this podcast, please let me know. I am open for recommendations and check out my website, jessewallacefitness.com for any inquiries for personal training, online coaching, and even private events. Thank you for joining me today. I'll talk to you soon. Stop keeping